0: We go into hour number three. Nice to have you here. All right, that beef segment was something, wasn't it? I'm Jim Rome. Nice to have you. Telephone number is toll free, 1-800-636-8686. But... We start our number three by talking some college basketball. We are joined right now by the head basketball coach at Tennessee. He is in his ninth season there. Previously served as head coach at George Mason, Providence, Clemson, and of course, Texas. Led the Longhorns to the Final Four in 2003. He was the 2019 National Coach of the Year. The Vols were in the Sweet 16 last year. They were having a big season, 15-5 and five overall, 5-2 five in SEC play. They're ranked fifth in the AP poll, and they've got a big one coming up this weekend they take on number 10 kentucky we are joined by rick barnes rick it's been a minute but it's great to have you back rick how are you
1: it's great great to hear your voice jim you've been doing okay
0: yeah things are great here rick how about you how you feeling
1: good you know what we obviously uh had a chance to win one the other night but we didn't get it done and credit to south carolina they had the same opportunity and they did get it done but now we gotta head up to Kentucky and. You know they're coming off a tough loss at home, and so you got two teams that certainly don't want to lose two back to back. But somebody's going to, right?
0: Yeah, you know that, Rick. I was going to ask about South Carolina, but first I was going to say, you know, with the season moving as quickly as it is, we're already into the month of March, which means or February, which means March is right around the corner. How do you feel about your team overall at this stage of the season <coughs> and what you have?
1: Well, you know, we've had we had a very long non-conference schedule. We played a brutal non-conference schedule, and then we. We went to Maui, which, as you know, it was moved over to the uh, Big Island, and then we uh, came back and had to, the challenge. But uh, we had a really demanding non-league schedule, which I think helped us. But uh, and we didn't have everybody all the time, all the way through that early season. But as we're getting into the league play here, the one thing that you can always talk about is consistency and trying to get everybody to know what you're going to get every night. And That doesn't mean you know making shots every night. It's just knowing what's going to each player is going to do when he shows up and. We've got to get better there, along with every part of the game. You know, whether you talk about ball screen defense or any of that, we've got we've got to continue to get better.
0: We're talking to Rick Barnes. You know, Rick, you mentioned that. Yeah, there's some nights where shots are not going to fall. You mentioned that loss to South Carolina. You had a four game winning streak. Was that a case of that was just one of those nights? Right, shots did not fall. Or maybe were you more disappointed with the energy or the effort?
1: No, I don't. I don't think I was disappointed with the energy, or the effort. I, I'm disappointed we we missed ten layups right at the rim and had a, did a really poor job on the free throw line. That's two games back-to-back that uh, even when the win against Vanderbilt, we didn't do what we should do with the, we getting the right shooters on the line and they're not taking advantage of it the way we need to. But uh, we just, uh, again, didn't rebound the way we're capable of rebounding the other night. But it was the, the missed opportunities around the rim that really did us in. And we didn't have a great shooting night. But uh, what we don't want to get into is, Everybody's standing around watching Dalton Connect go score points, and uh, which he's not afraid and he's good at it, but we need to get back to where we have the balance and when, when we need him to you know take it over, we know he's capable of doing
0: it. In fact, you just took one of my questions. I was going to ask you about that very thing. Rick Barnes is joining us. For those who don't know, Dalton Connect has not missed very much this season. He had 31 against South Carolina. That gives him six straight games with 25 points or more. How much of a catalyst has he been for your program since coming from northern Colorado? And where would you slot him in the National Player of the Year race?
1: Well, what I would say to you, Jim, is that, you know, what he uh he's been a great addition to us because, you know, the last couple of years we've we have struggled scoring the basketball. You know, we've been a pretty elite defensive team, but we you know, you gotta put the ball in the basket or you're gonna get into a grind every night and and what uh he has done, even along with Jordan Gainey, you know, Jordan led the nation in three point shooting, you know, his dad's on our staff and he's got it going back. He struggled like you know, shooters can at times. But when you look at Dalton and what he's doing, because there is no doubt, I mean, you, you think about it, you look at him when teams get ready to scout us, they're looking at him and say, okay, we got to, we got to control this guy some way, or they make up their mind we're going to let him get all he can get and shut everybody else down, which I don't think many teams do it that way. But uh, right now I'm not sure there's anybody playing at any higher level than Dalton is in the country.
0: All right, to your point though, you want to make sure that you know he's going to get his. You know he's going to be dynamic, but you want to make sure that as you want his guys to get him the ball in certain spots, but you don't want them to defer too much. You want to make sure they stay aggressive because what you don't want right is having these guys standing around and watching the Dalton show. Am I right?
1: You're right and and again, and and again when he gets going when those guys start doing that, then as you know from a offensive players mindset if he gets going he's thinking score now where he's missing some guys that might be open but it wouldn't be to that point if those guys would take their shots and do what we know they're capable of doing but because once we tell him, man you got to go get this done I mean he's focused on getting fouled or creating contact or you know just scoring the basketball so it's a combination of uh, early that everybody does their job and like I said we started out the other night with a point blank layup that we missed and then it just, uh, and then we actually had three of them right around the rim. Then we take three threes, and it, it's almost like I would say to the team, you know, it's like fum- fumbling the ball three times in football, and then the next three possessions you're trying to throw the hail mary,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, and
1: they and they were good shots, you know, the three, but it it have been a lot better if we'd have made one or two of those layups, you know.
0: I do know Tennessee head basketball coach Rick Barnes joining us so you're getting ready to head to Rupp Arena to take on a Kentucky team that John Calipari has gotten the top 10. What do you think the biggest challenges are from this edition of the Wildcats?
1: Well again I can tell you first of all they got a, a great basketball coach in Cal and, and you know he does a great job of uh, this year he's got a really I think he's done a great job blending some young guys in with some older guys and and his older guys, I think, have gotten better too. And you know, he he was down two players last night against uh, a, a really good Florida basketball team. That I don't care. You go on the road in any league and win. He's done something. And uh, but John, as his teams, and and I'd like to think that we're in this group too. We can get so much better, and we need to because I can tell you, his team will continue to get better.
0: You know, Rick, you look at it, it's a big weekend, right? It's not just the the game that you have, which is a battle of a couple of top tens. You've also got monster matchups in Houston and Kansas. You've got Purdue and Wisconsin. Duke and North Carolina are going to renew their rivalry as well. Given all the years that you've invested in the game, everything you've seen, how would you describe the state and health of the college game right now? Could you make the argument that the sport is as vibrant as you've seen it?
1: I would say it is, Jim, all because of the transfer portal, uh, Everybody now, you know, when you start talking about the transfer portal and the NIL, you know, if someone asks you, you know, what's most important, and we all know that recruiting is the lifeblood of your program, and that's number one priority anytime you're trying to build a program, and and with the NIL now, and and uh, you look at the addition of Dalton on our team, and Jordan Ganey, and you look around the job that uh, uh Lamont Parish has done, uh I mean, I could go around the league, uh, you know, Chris Beard, a bunch of guys have done a great job using the portal. And and like I said, I'm not sure really this time of year I call a lot of upsets upsets I, I, because everybody's getting better You get in league play. It's tough. And, But I do think right now college basketball is as competitive as it's ever been in the time that I've been in it.
0: Hmm. Rick Barnes joining us. Rick, what about NIL? For instance, when you signed that contract extension in September, you'd express gratitude for having a shared vision of the program with your AD, Danny White. Danny's been pretty vocal that NIL reform is long overdue as the NCAA investigates Tennessee football. Would you like to see stronger regulations to create a level playing field? Because in some ways, it still feels like NIL is like the wild, wild west out there.
1: Well, you know, I, I think, I mean, there are regulations, but I do think it is because there's no cap for any one goal, right? I mean, uh, you know, the you can create what you want to do with the, your collective, I guess, and go through it. Uh, but I, I don't know where, I don't think anybody knows where it's going to end up right now, Jim. I really don't. I just think the NCAA drugged their foot on this thing for years, and that's why we are where we are today. If they, you know, in my 50 years in coaching, I've never been in a more, a more inconsistent, you know, organization than the way they drug your feet, the enforcement people with all this stuff, you know, and uh, where it's going to end up and land, I, I don't know. I don't think anybody truly knows. Other than I know this that Danny White is one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. He's a, just a tremendous AD and our leadership here at the University of Tennessee. They're going to. Uh, there's never been a place more in. in Institutional control in this place, and uh, but what's going on out there right now in all the sports is uh, I'm not sure anybody knows exactly where it is.
0: It, Rick, it's really interesting to hear you say in my 50 years of coaching, like for instance, I've been thinking about personally and I've been talking out loud quite a bit about mindset and about performance and the fact that I want to make sure the next 25 years of my life are actually the best 25 years of my life, and I'm trying to embrace all that comes with that. You know, you just mentioned 50 years. I'm curious, you're still at the very top of your game. You're still at the very top of your sport. I'm curious about your mindset. How do you stay motivated and maintain that same level of energy after everything you've already accomplished and after you've done it for as long as you have?
1: It's the players, honestly, Jim. I mean, I know this. The day that I get to where I don't enjoy walking in the locker room and having a good day with those guys and going on the court and practicing and being around and helping those guys – I want them to get everything they can out of basketball. You know, our job is to teach basketball to those guys. It's their job to learn it. And I get if I ever get to a point where I don't get excited about that, I would know it's time to let, an, let another jockey have the reins,
0: you know? <laughs> let another jockey have the reins. So Tennessee is 15-5. Five. They're 5-2. Five and two. They've got a big one coming up. They are number five in the AP poll. They've got Kentucky coming up this weekend, who is ranked 10th. Rick Barnes joining us on the show. Rick, it was long overdue. It's great to hear your voice. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, and good luck this weekend. Thank you, and God bless. Talk to you later. You too. Rick Barnes joining us. He's come on the show for a number of years. So good to have him back. Nine years in Tennessee now. That's kind of hard to believe. 50 years in the game, also kind of hard to believe. Scott guy wants in. Carl and Prescott, quote, worst beef segment in 2024. You may not be wrong. Hey, it's like he just said, the shots don't go down every single game. We went through a period of weeks, months, where I actually said, The beef segment never doesn't work. It always works. Except today, it didn't work quite as well. Hey, Chuck. My beef is this week's beef segment. The jungle rule means I'm not going to say it sucked. I did my part, and I kept my mid-beef to myself. WTF happened. Duke in Vancouver. Vancouver. If I knew, I wouldn't have allowed it. If I knew it was coming, I would have prevented it. Certainly I don't know what Duke happened. Is Duke. Certainly, Duke is Duke. Certainly Duke he lives Duke in Vancouver and he kept his mid beef to himself. Certainly Duke is Duke. He's smart. On TV more than- certainly, Duke is Duke. He did not Duke get his Duke. beef on TV, on TV more than leave it because be it was too runs. mid. Certainly Duke Romy, Duke. my beef. He, now they all come. My beef is with that beef segment today, 15 minutes of my life that I will never get back. No fault of yours. Like you always say, do better clones. Todd in Sacramento. Yeah, my man, you and me both. I can't guarantee it. All right, it's, it's the one part of the show that I cannot control. It is the one part of the show that I turn over to you clones. Why do you think I always say more of me and less of you? Because I know what I'm going to do. I know what's in my head. I know how it's going to come out. When I step back, and I'm like, all right, clones, it's your segment. Do what you want. Say what you want. How could I ever know what's going to happen? It's a miracle that 98% of the time, it crushes. So let's not get all freaked out about one segment that didn't work out so well. Rome, my beef... It's when the call-in beefs are so bad that you don't move to the written beefs. Mike and Aurora. You know, Mike, that's fair. That's fair. See, my thing is, when we get on a bad run with the calls, I keep thinking all we need is one to get us back on track. However, that one never really comes, except Matt and Alaska. But even then, that didn't fix it. But yes, I am guilty of that. Sometimes when we get a bad run of calls, I just keep digging. I keep digging. I keep digging. And you know why that is? I'm like, Dan Campbell, I believe in you. Why would I? I know why he believes in his players, but why would I believe in you? Why would I believe and have faith that you're going to make it better? I don't know. I just do. Hey, Swindling Hustler Jim, I know we've been through this before. But if you're not going to read any email or ex-beefs, do not tell us to email or ex-you a beef. You are one strike away from being a serial gaslighter about the beef segment. Thanks in advance going forward, Cran in South Carolina. Hey, Cran, my man. First of all, is that short for Cranston? Cranberry, Cranapple, whatever. Cranky. Cranky in South Carolina. Dude, there's got to be something that is crank, more important. Crank. crank, crank, crank in South Carolina. Crank, cranky. First of all, from here on out, you're now you have a gloss given to you by me slash the jungle. Cranky in crank, South Carolina. Crank. Based on that. There's got to be something, Cranky, that is way more important that you should be that upset about. If not, your priorities are all jacked, Cranky. Going forward, Cranky, please sign your emails, Cranky, in South Carolina. Because regardless of how you sign them, that's how you're going to be known, as Cranky in South Carolina. Crank, Crank. Hey, Cranky, you don't have to send me anything. Cranky. You don't have to do anything except improve your attitude. Come on, Cranky. At PHX underscore Nola girl was in, quote, lady clone. If I called, you said, let's go to Stacy in Phoenix, I would change my name to Stacy. Well, I know, Stace. I know, Stace. Even though you are famously known as Tracy in Phoenix, I know you'd play along because you understand, Stace. I know this about you. You were the only one that found us at Super Bowl. I know this. Stacy has already got it all scouted out in Vegas. You know how I've been cryptic about that when I keep saying things like, we're not going to be at Radio Row, but we will be there. I'm not going to be on the row, but we'll have somebody on the row. I'm not going to broadcast from the row, but I will be broadcasting. I'll bet you Stace is already at my desk waiting for me. She's probably already scouted. She probably already knows. In fact, I know she already knows. She gave it away in her beef. Stacey, you're too much, yo. I'm not going to read this, Stace. I'm trying to keep it a secret, Stace. Why are you letting the cat out of the bag? Hey, Cranky. Crank! Crank! Take a lesson from Stacy. She's not bent. She's not mad. But then again, I'll give you this, Cranky. At least you didn't break out in song about how butthurt you were that I'm not reading the written beefs. Like Ben in Driftwood.
2: We not call here, wondering why we wrote our beef at all. We have no time for a vine, cause we were too busy to call. We should have kept our written beef. Posted on the bathroom stall. Rome won't read us. No, he won't read us. He won't read us at all.
0: Hey Ben, are you not absolutely humiliated by that? You should be. I mean that's got to be a low point in your life, but you know what the problem—the problem with it is—is it's is probably not. That's probably like a high point in your life. I sang, crying, that Rome would not read my written beef, and then he replayed it. I win. I hooked him. Keep win! telling yourself that, bro. Win, win. Cranky. It's just the way it worked out. Crank. crank. Send me your written beefs, cranky. Outside the beef segment. Turn it into a take, and I will read it. Just be sure to sign it Cranky in South Carolina, because that's your new gloss, Cranky. I'm telling you. All right, when we come back, who the hell knows, right? I want to talk about Dan Quinn and the Commanders get their head coach, and it's not the hood. And Seattle does not end up with Dan Quinn, but Dan Quinn gets a job nonetheless. So that's coming up. That was the old beef segment. Or I should say the beef segment brought to you by Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky. What makes it so good? Well, there is something to be said for that family business. Now, I've talked about the family business numerous times on the program. I've spoken with the family. I know what they're about. I know where their head is at. I know how badly they want to make and produce the world's finest beef jerky. It's like essentially their mission. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper. You can actually see the quality right through their iconic clear view packages, and every single bite of Old Trapper is tender and it's never tough because they use just the best ingredients. This is the separation between Old Trapper and other beef jerky. Other manufacturers do not use the best ingredients. They're looking to save money. Well, you get what you pay for. And it tastes like it. Old Trapper is the very best. Grab and go with a four-ounce bag or load it up with an 18-ounce bag. That way, there's enough for the entire team. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So, let's talk about the Commanders right now. Commander fan, I'm talking to you. You got your guy. Well, technically, you got a guy. It doesn't really seem like Dan Quinn was the guy. Like your top choice, or even your second choice. It's more like you got your safety school head coach, right? But here's the most important thing. At least he said yes. He took the job. Somebody will be coaching the Commanders next season. And for Commander fan, that's got to be an enormous relief because for a moment it didn't seem like anybody was going to take that job. But, but, I will stop short of telling anybody to feel a certain way there. I'm going to stop short of telling you to celebrate or be happy or be positive in any way at all. I'm not even going to tell you to be Neutral. Far be it for me to say this is a good thing or a positive thing. You know why? I learned my lesson yesterday. There are no good things in the district. The district, and stay with me on this, do not misrepresent this, do not take this out of context. I'm not saying this. I tried to say that that's actually a pretty good job. I tried to say that's actually a pretty good opportunity. I actually try to say it's interesting That some good young coordinators are not taking that job because of A, B, and C. However, no sooner than I finished that thought, somebody called up and said, you don't know what you're talking about, Rome. You have no idea how it is here, Rome. Everything here sucks, including that job and that team. Who are you to speak for us, Rome? The call sounded like this. I don't think you've got it right with what's going on in the DMV,
2: uh regarding uh, sports. Uh, we got losers in basketball, baseball, but we, we're, we're good at this. Uh, we're not Buffalo. We're not uh, Philadelphia. We know how to lose in this town. You got it all wrong, man.
0: I got it all wrong, I guess. We know how to lose in this town. And he went on and on. There was a lot more to it about how everything is bad there. And you know what? In a way, it's kind of a relief because, to be honest with you, it's kind of hard for me to hype this hire. Now, if you got one of the young coordinators, if you got a Ben Johnson, I could get with that. I could hype that. Even Mike McDonald, you know, he he's kind of a cerebral guy. And kind of a football nerd. And I mean that in the best way. Like, that dude is really, really smart. Look at what he did with that Ravens defense. If you got a guy like that, I could hype that. If you got Bobby Slowick, I could hype that. But in getting Quinn, I don't know. This hire does not exactly fire me up. And for a number of reasons. Number one, it's hard to get fired up when the entire world knows that you had to settle. Everybody knows that Dan Quinn was not Washington's first choice. You know how we know that? You know how we're positively sure of that? Because the Cowboys' season ended two weeks ago. If they wanted this guy, and he was their guy, they would have had him two weeks ago. But instead, they waited. And by waiting, they waited even longer. They waited, and they waited, and they waited. And then the Lions lost in the Bay. And then Washington's brass boarded a jet to go meet with the Lions coordinators. When all the while, Dan Quinn could have already been their head coach. Could have already been assembling his staff. Could have already been setting the whole thing up. But no. No. They wanted to go see Ben Johnson. But then they missed on Ben Johnson. And you know why? Johnson didn't even want to talk to them. Then they missed on Mike McDonald. I said yesterday, do not let Mike McDonald— I said this to Seattle, and they listened. Don't let this guy out of your building. Because you know Washington will be desperate— And they didn't let him out. And they got him. So, here's the bleep we are. Here we are. They settled. Quinn was not their first choice. He wasn't their second choice. He probably wasn't their third choice. They settled for Quinn. Now, now, that doesn't mean that Dan Quinn can't or won't succeed. The Giants once famously beat the Eagles to get to Ben McAdoo. The Eagles had to fall back on Doug Peterson. Peterson wins the Super Bowl and does so with Nick Foles. McAdoo didn't even make it through two seasons, and now the guy's out of the league altogether. Just because you had to fall back on plan B or plan C or plan F doesn't mean that plan F is guaranteed to fail. It just means it's kind of hard to get too fired up about plan F, especially when that plan is so familiar or so similar to that last guy, right? Dan Quinn, like Ron Rivera. A de- and I like Ron Rivera, you know this. But like Ron Rivera, Dan Quinn is a defensive-minded head coach. Like Ron Rivera, a second-time head coach. Both dudes made it to a Super Bowl in their prior jobs. Both dudes lost in the Super Bowl in spectacular fashion in their prior jobs. So if Washington was looking for an entirely new direction and something totally fresh, that's not what they got. Personally, if they were going to run back a second-time defensive-minded head coach, I don't know why it wasn't Mike Vrabel. I'd rather have Vrabel than Dan Quinn. Full stop. But then again, maybe maybe my view is colored by that absolute disaster in Dallas in the wild card. Had that not happened, maybe I wouldn't be saying this. Like, I've got questions about Quinn, but I've got a lot more questions about Quinn. Seeing that defense roll out and fall behind Green Bay 28 nothing, Going up against a first-time playoff quarterback who absolutely slaughtered Quinn's defense. Maybe those gory images are still too fresh in my mind for me to get too hyped up about Dan Quinn especially when you hear stuff like what Micah Parsons said on his pod this past week. At the end of
2: the day, we were just outperformed, out-schemed. They had an answer for everything. People saying, well, why ain't not you go to linebacker? Guess what? The packages are in for me to go to linebacker. I can only play what it's called. I'm not putting out personnel. I've even told multiple players, coaches, that I'm very fine playing linebacker. In playoffs, if that's what y'all want me to do, I just want to
0: win. The Dolphin players killing Vic Fangio on the way out the door. Can't believe Micah just did Quinn like that. That does not exactly sound like a ringing endorsement of the defensive coaching staff, does it? That does not exactly sound like the kind of reference that you would use to get a better job. Like, it doesn't sound like DQ listed Micah as a reference when he filled out that application for that gig. Hey, hey Dan, do you have a list of references? Yeah, absolutely. A, B, C, and D. What about Micah? Yeah, don't call him. You don't want to call him. Eh, let's not get into Micah.
2: Uh, Let's not get into that yet.
0: Or if he did list Micah as a reference, that might be the reason why DQ got backburnered in Seattle and Washington, at least until this morning. Now, if it makes you feel any better, Commander fan... The dude has been an amazing defensive coach in his career. Well, at least if you ignore that Packer beatdown a couple of weeks back. But in fairness, the dude did take the Dallas defense to a whole other level. Again, until a couple of weeks back. But he was in Seattle for the Legion of Boom. He's been around winning teams. He's been around Super Bowls. My point is, the guy's not a hack. He's not a nobody. He's not some egomaniac from the college ranks who thinks that winning is going to be easy on this level and the kickers need to be physically kicked. He is a pro football coach with head coaching experience and he's had success. He just wasn't their first choice or maybe second choice or third choice. He wouldn't have been my choice, but they could have done worse. Then again, Washington fan, I know you don't want to hear any of that. I know you don't want to hear about any kind of upside or bright side, or optimism, or that something might actually work out. Because DC fan already knows it won't work out. Because nothing works out in the district. Because the district is the most miserable, bleak, morbid, downtrodden, negative, hopeless place on earth. Just ask anybody from the district.
2: We got losers in basketball, baseball, but we're, we're good at this. Uh, We're not Buffalo. We're not uh, Philadelphia. We know how to lose in this town. You got it all wrong, man.
0: We don't win all the time like Buffalo. We don't win all the time like Philadelphia. We lose all the time, man. We're good at that. You, on the other hand, Rome, are not good at it. You got it all wrong. You don't know us at all, Radio Man. Keep us out your mouth. What did I say? I said it was a good job.
2: You got it all wrong, man.
0: What? You don't have the second pick overall? You don't have a lot of cap space? You don't have a new ownership group? You didn't get rid of the Dan? Did I get all of that wrong? I got all of that right. But according to Tim in D.C., none of that matters.
2: You got it all wrong, man.
0: My bad. My bad. Hey, listen. You know me. I'm all about ownership. I got it all wrong about the district. But again, like I said, I'm glad you feel that way because you know what? I'm not hyped on that hire. It's all right. It's all right. Just don't tell me that guy did not settle or they didn't settle for that guy because they did. That's not who they wanted. Sometimes it works out. And sometimes you settle and you get what you settled for and it doesn't work out. Hey, Commander fan, you tell me. Is this another example about why you're a loser and it's not going to work out? Or are you happy with that hire? It just seems kind of strange, right, that Seattle knows this guy through and through. This guy had a lot of success in Seattle, and they did not hire him. They hired a guy who is the youngest coach in the league. So we'll see. Are you getting a retread? Are you getting somebody else's trash? Or are you getting a good coach? You tell me, Commander fan. All right, when we come back, one last segment. Phone lines are open. Hey, don't be cranky. Stop crying about me not reading your written beefs. Or at least be sharp enough to turn that written beef into show fodder and content. One last try. Again, I'm off tomorrow. I've got some business to tend to this evening. JT the Brick will be in studio tomorrow. The first ever winner of the smack-off who parlayed that into a very successful career is going to take over for me tomorrow. Time to get you a sports update. Here is the latest on this Thursday. Here's Pat Boyle. So you may have heard that report. If not, at Lakers reporter on the X writes, update for tonight's game in Boston, Anthony Davis, bilateral Achilles, teninopathy, and left hip spasm. LeBron James, left ankle, perineal, teninopathy, both out. I mean, that sounds serious. Both those guys, are they going to make it? I mean, in life? I bet ears is pretty happy about that nationally televised game. I bet Darvin Ham is pretty happy about that. AD and Braun both out for the Celtics game. That's a beat down right there. You know, what's interesting. So today's Thursday. I'm not here tomorrow. Alvi likes to knock out the four days that were when I don't work a fifth day. And I'm not working a fifth day because I'm working elsewhere. Alvy, if you don't mind, can you roll those four days? <laughs> Dude dude no, no no Yo yo yo, sorry about that. Here I am, what's going on? We Welcome all. to the jungle. I am Jim Rome. A tremendous Monday to you. What, you don't want three hours of lust? for life. life. You don't want that on loop? don't mind me. I'm messing with my new uh, headset here. All right. anyway, let's get at it. Yo, D, I really hate to say this, but I do not think that you're going to enjoy this show today. Then again, I don't think you're going to enjoy much of anything today, right?
1: The Lions come up empty on fourth
0: down and plus territory. You gotta get your heart ripped out, which we did. I know. This is what got them there. Except for one thing. What got them here did not get them there. Oh, you know what? I think we might have been off. Too much kneecaps. We might want to give him back something. Shiok party Joining us. But if I'm a Lions fan, I cannot get over how you let that game flip away.
1: I am pissed, Jim. I need to scream. Before the game, a ladybug
0: landed on my suit. Ladybug. That's crazy town. A butterfly would have been more believable. (laughs)
2: Down the middle, back of the end zone. No, oh, no. that's intercepted.
0: I didn't go as far as to say as the Ravens picked the worst day to have their worst day. Holding
2: offense number 76.
0: Credit for staying in the fight. Save your Peter Brady <laughs> takes. I don't need him.
2: War, Amber putting on a blue suit and uh, doing a dance in the next jam commercial. Uh, dude.
0: That's a cheap shot, dude. Hey,
2: they had us in first half. not going to lie. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Get out of here with your smack, bro. You are the jungle tryhard. I mean, they talk about Uh-oh. he's a five tool player. You know what bro? you are a hundred tool player. You, you maxed out.
0: you know ah. Frank, go back to golf for a minute. You don't have time for golf or you're not good at golf. All of the above.
2: <laughs> I got you. And the fact that it is the great equalizer.
0: Diarrhea is the great equal. Kumar. What's up, Kumar? How are you? Hey,
2: I'm Kumar, California. This is doing a ride share right now. Um, I just want
0: to say... Why are you making this so hard? let give it Dan Campbell deserves every bit of opprobrium. Opprobrium? Dude, Brian Weber is reaching for his dictionary. Yeah, I know. I know, clones. Just like Commander fans, you also are huge fans of Mike McDonald, too. Signed Yacht Rock Loser. Not a very good day for the district. You know about Ronald? Charverius Ward. What do you come out on Steve Wilks? I mean, I love Coach Wilks. Everybody else hates him. You know, um, the media and a lot of
1: people hate on Coach Wilks for some reason. But, man, I love him. Like, all the players, um, we love Let's
0: him. Let's go to Bob in L.A. Hey, Bob, what's up? Hey, Jimbo. Bob in L.A. Well, I can't give you any bad. <laughs> not you, Bob. Like, Devontae, who do you think is the best? Best receiver in the game right now. AJ Brown. AJ, what about you? Uh, I'm going to have to give a knock to uh, Justin Jefferson. Hey, who's got it worse than us? I'm doing good, Romy. But no, I'm not because I'm from Oakland.
2: The only In-N-Out burger that's ever closed. Anywhere, every We got losers in basketball, baseball, but we, we're, we're good at this. We're not Buffalo. We're not Philadelphia. We know how to lose. Sacramento's got a way worse than everybody. We're stuck with Brian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no city is more depressing than Erie, PA. We only have one airport that has two flights a day, the Red Eye and the other Red Eye. Our beaches are full of rocks to cut your feet on, and then when you get to wash them in E. coli-rid water.
2: If you want to be a f***ing f- about it. Way to go, Doc. You're on two now as a coach. Maybe you ought to take up celebrity golf. What's your beef? My beef, sobriety. But I didn't call to give you no crap. I just called to preach my gullible rap.
0: This horn down. has got to go. That's a Jungle Tourette's trigger right there, Jim. Anyway. Ah. Jungle Tourette. Sorry. Gary Asher, Jabroni, Gary Jones. Joe, good to have you. What's your beef? Actually, it's Jeff, but that's okay. Ah. No, it's not. War, uh, Chuck McDowell. Chuck is trying to help you. Why won't you let him? Dan, Dan Marino, Marino. Jeff Hostel. Jeff Hostel, Hostel. Kerry, Collins. Kerry Collins. Tim yes. Tebow. De- Mira Sorvino, Sorvino. Sorvino. Frankie in South Carolina. Yes, sir. So appreciate you, Jim. Tony! Office number four. Had us in the first half, not going to lie. Four lady clones, and
2: yep, yep. Yeah. You're fucking kicking tea. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, Jim. Live wow, from, from room California, six at this, the Buddy Ranch, the it's the Jim Rome oh, Show. Oh, By the oh, way,
2: no. uh, God, Jerry. Perfect. Yeah, that was
0: awesome. Thanks,
1: Jim. The spot that you like to go to occasionally, uh, Xavier's. <laughs> Good night, now.
0: Man, I need a good Xavier's run right about now. Some unfinished business. This one's directed to the dumbass commanders. Dear dumbass commanders, ask Dork Quinn if he's willing to chop off his pecker for a Super Bowl. No? Yeah, that's what I thought. Son, Mike Vrabel. Did you cut your off for a Super Bowl? Oh, been married 20 years. Yeah,
2: probably. You've got three. <clears throat> As a player. I guess we'll be married for 20 years one day. <laughs> would you? Would, if, if you came
0: it. would she if, be upset? She'd probably be on board. She would be like, do you want me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want to do it now? <laughs> because it sucks to <laughs> lose, She would be like, do you want me to do it? Do you want to do it now? Sign V in the fee. War, because it sucks to lose, Gentry. Because it sucks to lose, Gentry. I can't believe that guy did not get a job this cycle. Chris in Milwaukee, Jimmy, DQ, is always my first choice. Yours, B-Webb. Scribbins has an answer. Also, my beef is with all these jackals beefing about how rancid today's beef segment was. Where were these clowns? Or clones, when you needed to make the beef better, war better beef next time around. Jimmy K. In Illinois. Clowns. Exactly, Jimmy. Thank you very much. Rather than whining, make it better. Rather than whining about how bad it is, do something to make it better. Yeah, yeah I know, Cranky. You would have made it better, Excuse except I didn't read yours.
1: little babies in this league that don't want to get touched.
0: All right, so again, I'm off tomorrow because I've got some business outside the studio to handle this afternoon and this evening. So, JT the Brick, coming back to where it all started. He is the inaugural Smack Off winner. He's turned that and parlayed that into a great career, and he's going to pick me up tomorrow. Hey, Jim, I hope that Coach Quinn brings to Washington what he brought to Dallas undisciplined defenders who hold and encroach on third down and extend opponents' drives in critical games. Add an essay. And one more thing. Since I'm not going to be here tomorrow, the next time you hear me, I will be in Vegas. We're there all next week getting ready for Super Bowl 58. Once again, I will not be on the road, but I will be in Vegas. And you'll find out where if you tune in. My thanks to our guests today, we had Brian Hoyer, we had Rick Barnes, the XR4TI, getting it done, stepping it up. I want to remind you, if you have not heard it yet, episode number 299 of the Jim Rome Podcast is with Robert Griffin III. I laid that out yesterday. It's really good. Check that out. It's live. Again, JT The Brick is in tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. See you Monday from Vegas. I'm Jim Rome. We're out.